Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, a party planner, party thrower. Party uh, pooper. party. Yeah. Partier. And by party, I mean take naps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and also, we have over there uh, chiming in, Mr. Will Schmidt. How you doing today, Will Schmidt? Good. Good, good. It's always good to see Will Schmidt. Uh-huh. It's always Who, who nice. would complain about that? I don't know. Somebody without eyes? <laughs> Probably. Uh, maybe. Oh, uh. <laughs> okay, so if this is your first time hearing us, shame on you. Uh, but TC was a touring comic when he lost his voice for eight years and 23 doctors couldn't help him. So now he went a little psycho researching nutrition and how the body works. And he teaches people what he learned in books, movies, and just by uh, talking and chatting with them. And chatting. And osmosis. Yeah, yeah osmosis. osmosis helps too. <laughs> He's hoping that he'll just put something written on my head at night and it'll just fall sink in and then but that, that's that will be the thing happen. that works today all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com just go to kick it in the nuts.com forward slash audiobook for all the details you're like an announcer i know you're that very, was real professional, was very professional. wow uh, you have to start paying her now i know oh, yeah I? well i mean instead of giving out free books let's just give us some money mm. oh hmm. that's a good plan hmm. today all audible. of our listeners <laughs> get money <laughs> no i meant us oh. our listeners could get okay. books we listeners get you get nothing Oh. Okay, so we've got a great topic today, and I was shocked at the amount of people who weighed in on this topic. I had no idea that restless leg syndrome was such an epidemic. All the cool kids have restless legs. I, guess so. I used to have it. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kenny used to have it too. So a little bit. Here you guys there. are cool kids, so I maybe that so. Is, is all true. That's but right. you know, it, it's so common that I often forget about clients of mine that used to deal with it and they just don't see it anymore. Um, and, and we'll understand why during the show and stuff, but it's, I think it's so common because it's, it's one of those things that has a lot of different causes, uh, which is why many listeners have had a hard time, um, you know, finding like what they would consider a remedy, uh, because something may work for a friend and then not for them. But also it, it seems to be a thing like a lot of the causes that we will talk about today also cause other issues, you know, like depression and stuff like that. But I think that this is one of those symptoms that shows up first before more severe things. So I think a lot of people experience it. And this might even be the thing that I would be depressed if I had this all the time and couldn't sleep. It Mm -hmm. would make me depressed. Yeah. Um, if you haven't followed us yet on Facebook, then again, shame on you. you they got guys. double shame yeah, double today. shame day. Can, they just came here to listen to a show. I know, and they got nothing but guilt. Uh, but go ahead and follow us at Kick It In The Nuts. We're going to post topics that we'll be doing on future shows, and you guys can post any questions that you want us to cover, and we'll try to answer it. So I think we should just dive right in because we have a ton of questions. Yeah, let's hear about what people say about 
restless leg syndrome. Okay. We had a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Holly says, so annoying happens whenever I try to sleep. Cindy from Costigan, Maine. I deal with this at times and it blows. It Susan, blows. the Jimmy legs suck. Mike from Afghanistan, it's a pain in the ass. Well, he, it's a pain in the leg. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Scott, I've had it since I was 13, 30 years now, and I have found nothing that works. Jojo, am I just keeping on going? Yeah, let's just these see are what all these, these okay? Questions, yeah. yeah, these aren't questions yet. I have it severely. It interferes with my sleep and keeps me from sitting still for long periods of times. I hate it, and it's just getting worse with age. Michelle from Ocean, New Jersey. It wakes me at night. I can't stand it. I need a muscle relaxer, and sometimes that doesn't even work. Sometimes when my honey snuggles me, it calms my spirit enough to go to sleep. He can feel it, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. Uh-huh, so me. yeah, your uh-huh. hubby gets it. Uh, uh, Tony from not this Tony from mm-hmm. Las Vegas, Nevada. It drives me crazy always waking up every hour or two. Lori from Oviedo, Oviedo, Florida. My husband has this problem. Drives me friggin' crazy. Any suggestions would be awesome. Divorce. That's good. Uh huh. We're helpful. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Carla, leg anxiety. Yes, yeah, so I think Carla's thing is a good way to kind of view what's going on. It could be viewed kind of as leg anxiety. And, um, because a lot of the different causes, uh, it's, it's, it's just like the leg is not, you know, the tissue doesn't have what it needs or there are issues in those tissues that are the wrong pH or, you know, kind of frying nerves and causing problems that way. Uh, with imbalances that are going on at the tissue level. So it's kind of just the legs like, hey, we hate it right now. Like we hate everything. And maybe if we squirm around a little bit, uh, we can get some stuff into the tissues that we need. So th- we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but that's just kind of an overview that you can use when we're talking about some of these specific things that will help is just think of it like the tissues uh, are kind of flipping out a little bit for one reason or another. Okay. So let's just go right into questions. So your, and then we'll... your legs may need a little bit of therapy. Right. If they have issues. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Lisa, from Pueblo, Colorado, any natural remedies? No. I bet there are. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> only prescription drug remedies. Yeah, so that's, that's the thing that we'll talk about today, Lisa, is that there is no remedy for restless leg syndrome because... One thing that works for one person, for one person's underlying cause, could exacerbate and make another cause worse. So that's why you can't find a remedy. But Every listener's turning this off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but you think. can remedy what is wrong with you and improve your restless leg syndrome. Boom. Saved it. Uh, she, already, she already turned <laughs> off. Oh, sure. That's okay. She was, she's, then maybe patience is important yeah. when it comes to restless leg syndrome. Mm-hmm. Patience is a At least wait till the end of the show. Cry when you peep. Christina, I thought I got rid of it when I took up running, but it still comes and goes. Is it a vitamin deficiency? That's a cool point. That is a cool point. So yeah. Talk about it, Will. So I used to have this. Um, it was after like a bunch of different very stressful chemical diet and emotional things where it started to set on. Anything you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Oh, not anymore. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. You need to hug I'm over out. it. No, it was like, it was a combination of like, I got hired to go work in India, so I got a bunch of vaccines. 
I was doing prolotherapy for my ankle, which I broke. So it was all these injections of dextrose into my ankle, like like 70 shots <laughs> once a week in my wow. ankle. Like a lot. I don't think I want my ankle no. to work that much. No. And uh, like emotional stress over like uh, my first breakup ever. So that was really hard. Aww, and I didn't know anything about life. nutrition at the time. Um, so all those things led to me starting to get these weird little symptoms that it, I remember I was working as an exercise therapist and it started like, uh, felt like a spa jet was kind of lightly blowing on my inner left ankle. Uh huh. And then the next day it was in both ankles. And then the next day was in both ankles and my thumbs. And you thought where you worked was haunted? Yeah, it was weird. And then, and then things started to like twitch and low grade cramp. Not like a Charlie horse, but uh-huh. like a kind of just contracting a little bit. And if I flexed the muscle, it would cramp hard. And it started to spread up my legs and, and it grew in intensity to going up my calves and my pelvis and hamstrings and even my low back and my hands got more intense. And it eventually felt like I described it as like a rat biting my inner ankle all the time. <laughs> or maybe a more accurate would be like a very tight tourniquet on my ankle, uh-huh, on my right, inner ankle. Right. And there was a lot of different things that was causing it, which I eventually found out and sorted out. But before I figured it out, I realized that I didn't have any of the pain when I was in motion. So like when I was in India, I would just walk all the time, like out four or five, six just hours like running a day, from- just walking, listening to like books on tape or whatever else. And then when I was working out, I didn't so much feel it. But there's a different thing that happens when you're using the muscle cells that allows them to get energy. Whereas if I was just seated, that mechanism wasn't happening at the cellular level. So they were energy deplete. And all the issues would kind of kick in. Which may explain why so many people uh, have these issues at night when they lay down to go to bed. Yeah. do you want me to get into like the things that were causing it for me? Get right to... into it. Yeah, okay. So it was a lot of stuff. Not only was my blood full of all these weird toxic garbage supplements from mainstream fitness right. stuff for like 15 years of protein powders and weight gainers and stuff, but also a bunch of like really intense pre-workout stimulant drinks for 15, 20 years. Eventually, all those sugar-filled things. Not that... sugar, but like really intense like caffeine and amino acids and things to uh-huh. Like super stimulate circulation and tweak your nervous system into fight or flight. So much so that my nervous system got stuck in fight or flight. So my, it was just always in that sympathetic imbalance we talk about in the courses. So let's talk a little bit about what, but the difference between sympathetic and parasympathetic. Sure. So it's the, sympathetic is a fight or flight state. And in that, your nervous, it's like a software program for your nervous system to run when you're in an emergency. So it'll shunt blood flow from your extremities. And just usher blood to the larger muscle groups for fighting or running away. And it'll change like what parts of your brain are active and how much you're digesting food or not. But for me, the biggest, and it also constrict your blood stream or your circulatory system. Right. So it's a vasoconstrictor to have all those stimulants. So I had very sediment filled, sticky, low oxygen blood from my horrible fitness nutrition diet mm-hmm. and really intense stimulants and both of those were really restricting blood flow to my extremities and it got worse over time and it start so it started in my most distant extremities which are like the least uh, critical for survival and then it, just like why you get frostbite in your feet because they're not as important as like your heart so <clears throat> and it got worse and worse over time and as I eventually learned to get off of the vasoconstrictors and clean my blood out the pain went away. And, you know, blood flow is important to extremities because that's how nutrients get to those extremities and can go into those tissues 
where they are needed to be. Right. And it, it's kind of counterintuitive to think about like when we flex muscles, we think like that takes a lot of energy to do that. But it actually takes energy also to keep your muscles relaxed, which is why dead people go into rigor mortis. Like they're not producing ATP anymore. So all the muscles contract super tight and everything locks up completely. So that was kind of happening to me on a low degree. On like, a low grade basis. Yeah, I had low grade rigor mortis. Wow. Yeah, right, right. You were just <laughs> barely dead. Yeah, it was just, I was a little bit dead. <laughs> so an interesting thing that happened, and this just shows like there's all sorts of ways to skin a cat was, I went to Thailand one time. No cats were harmed yeah, in this yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why I skin a cat, but it just worked for me. So whatever well, works, you know. Four lights no, went off. We right. just lost four more right. listeners. But I, um, I went to Thailand one time in, in between like contracts in India, and there I was just relaxing. Like I didn't work out. I didn't drink any of my pre-workout stimulants because of that. I had a bunch of some Sambuca every night just drinking, which is a vasodilator. <laughs> and I felt amazing. I was like, this is the first time in like, I know, yeah. alcohol. Just high finally, this yeah. episode sponsored by Sambuca. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the first time in like two years, I, I didn't have pain. And I was like, this is incredible. What is happening? Like my hands and feet were warm and relaxed and I felt good. And later on, I found out, oh, it was because I wasn't on vasoconstrictors at the time. I was on vasodilators, and my emotional state was also really relaxed, too. Yeah, so this state that Will's talking about, this sympathetic state, it's something that is natural. We all move into the sympathetic state as the body needs to be in that state. And then other times, it'll move into a more parasympathetic state. It's just, it doesn't become problematic unless someone gets stuck in that state too often. And there's a lot of reasons that that can happen. We have a whole episode on stress that you might want to listen to. You can find it on iTunes. They could help explain that a little bit. But the point here is that um, if you move too far into that state, it can restrict the ability to blood to flow to the extremities, which restricts the ability for nutrients to get to those extremities. And we're going to talk more about specific nutrients in the tissue level in some of these other questions. All right, here we go. Ha, Deborah, the secret to fixing restless leg syndrome is taking calcium. That's what my chiropractor told me, and it worked for me, so double up on that calcium. So this is a big piece of the puzzle. Just don't try and take the puzzle and cram it into the wrong place in the puzzle. Um, Because what happens is calcium allows the tissues to relax. So um, there's other minerals that are involved in that as well. But, you know, when a muscle contracts, in order for it to, re- to relax again, calcium needs to be there to help in that process. And a lot of things can pull calcium out of the tissue level. We'll talk about some of those in the show. But the first problem is someone who's not bringing enough calcium in. And most frequently, that's a problem if digestive issues are not working correctly. Do you want to explain that, Will? Because I know that Kenna can't wait to hear about digestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm on my, edge edge my seat. Of my seat. Right. She's ready to skin a cat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I'm cat. sorry about that breakup. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, it was like that. 12, uh-huh. 14. I don't remember. Yeah, Kenna never meant to hurt you. I never you. meant to yeah. hurt you. That it's, way. it's fine. <laughs> so I'm glad we can work together now. Uh-huh. Exactly. So if you don't have good stomach acid and good bile flow, you don't get this like sizzly explosion in your duodenum, the intestinal tract, where you're, that's where most of the nutrients are liberated from your food. So if both parts of the digestion aren't working well, you're going to miss out on a lot of the nutrients, including calcium, that you eat, even if they're like really great farmer's market veggies or whatever right, else. Right. 
So there's other things too that can pull calcium out of your tissues like excess sugars and too much vitamin D and that kind of thing as well. So we talk about that a lot in our vitamin D episode and we talk about solutions of ways to drive calcium to the tissues using things like fatty acids and lysine. Right, so all that's important. So digestion is a big deal to bring the calcium in um, and then you won't need to supplement with calcium, but that doesn't mean that you can't supplement with calcium initially just to get kind of a boost and to help out. Um, the problem is, is there's so many calcium supplements out there and so many of them are garbage and have binders that make those supplements harder to assimilate. And if you have poor digestion, you probably can't even break down that supplement properly. Mm. So digestion is usually the thing that you really need to fix first of all. Um, what are some symptoms that come up with digestion that could indicate that everything's not working correctly? Yeah, sure. So if you don't have good stomach acid, you'll have things like acid reflux and heartburn, uh, burping or bloating in your upper abdomen, undigested food in your stool, constipation or low blood pressure. If you don't have good bile flow, you may have diarrhea, light-colored stool, nausea, gas, bloating in your mid or lower abdomen, and um, skin issues. Skin issues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Um, that's important to first get calcium in. So it, the best thing is you can look at easy things. We teach people how to look at their own physiology in our free four-week course on uh, on kickitinthenuts.com. But if you look at your physiology and see that like your blood pressure is low, then that's a strong indication that you don't have enough minerals in your system. And when the body doesn't have the minerals that it needs it will often pull those minerals out of your tissues and even your bones, which means that it can be pulling calcium out of that tissue. That It needs to be there for the tissue to relax, but it's being pulled out because you're not bringing in enough mineral for your body to utilize and to do the things that it needs to do. So that can be a big problem. And like Will was saying, uh, calcium follows sugar. So when we consume a lot of sugar or a lot of carbohydrates that are turned into sugar, then it can pull calcium out of the tissues. So reducing what we're eating like that, sugars and stuff, can help calcium get down to the tissue level, but also doing things like fatty acids and uh, can help push it back into there. And amino acids can be used too. Yeah, like, like lysine, lysine is a good choice mm-hmm. for that. Um, and there's this really nice recipe that if you're too anabolic, like it's a good one to help drive calcium into the tissues using... The Budwig cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. Is that by the mm-hmm. Budwig people? I don't it's know. It's the Budwig people. The yeah. Budwig people. I don't know. Those are the guys that I don't made know. it up. Right. But you blend cottage cheese and olive oil together. Flax seeds too. You can use flax seeds. Yeah, that's an option right. too. And it binds the sulfur and the calcium in the cottage cheese to the fatty acids, which really shuttles and ushers it right to the cells, which is awesome. Right. So by by looking at your own pHs, you can get an idea of am I too anabolic and if so, a lot of your calcium is probably in the wrong place. So it doesn't mean that you need to supplement more calcium. You you already have plenty. It's just not in the right place. It's mm-hmm. being pulled from the tissues, and you need to take some steps to push it back down into the tissues. And then those muscles can relax. So, so yes, uh, Deborah, that's why calcium is so important, but it's even more important that it's in the right place. And you can get an idea of where yours is by looking at your pHs. All right. Uh, I have about four here that are going to be grouped together. Gwendolyn from Athens, Alabama. Generally a lack of magnesium or taking cholesterol-lowering drugs. Deb from Perth, Australia. 
Whenever I get it, I take mega magnesium. I know it's not natural, but it works. Ben, I found laying on my back and crossing my legs for a while worked for me and magnesium before bed. Dottie from Sacramento, California. I get it monthly or so just this year at age 51, so I take magnesium for a week and it slowly gets less and less, then stops for a while. Is the mag making my muscles relax or am I mag depleted? So let's look at magnesium a little bit because this is a big deal and uh, can really bring fast relief. And, you know, Perth from Australia, we're international. Mm-hmm. We, we can't be stopped. We've got Afghanistan. We've got Australia. Sacramento. We've got the UK. Sacramento, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all over the place. So um, I have no idea what I was talking about, though. Oh, but with magnesium, magnesium, magnesium is really important for the assimilation of calcium. So that's why it's one of those big things. And people look at uh, magnesium like it's a relaxant, but um, I kind of view it as it's more of a helpful nutrient to help get calcium into the right place. So magnesium can help people a lot, and it's also very pro-catabolic, so it pushes your physiology into that state where calcium's not just floating around, it, it gets pushed down into the tissues and helps. But you, I see a lot of clients that are, can't sleep because they're taking magnesium at light night because everybody says it calms you down. Um, but what they don't understand is why it's pushing them uh, awake a lot of the times. Um, can you talk about anabolic and catabolic? Yeah. Yeah, the catabolic state is when your cells, like a car engine that's on, they're oxidizing, they're creating energy. And that's the right state to be in, in the AM. So magnesium, being a pro-catabolic mineral pushes you into that wakeful energy producing state like not as strong as like caffeine but that right. kind of biorhythm of being awake yeah, and it pushes on. your physiology to that state yeah so that's the opposite of what you'd want you know so there's different things that you could do like relaxing herbs and such like uh, kava or chamomile or something that could have a more subtle effect on your nervous system and not push you to be catabolic in the pm which is just backwards. Right. And, and the reason that there's confusion about this is because a lot of insomniacs, and, and we have a whole episode on insomnia, so if you're having trouble sleeping beyond the RLS, you can listen to that. But a lot of uh, the, the underlying cause of insomnia for a lot of people is their lack of minerals altogether. They're just, their body is depleted. And so when they go to sleep, um, their body doesn't have enough resources to continue functioning through functioning through the night. You know, when you go to bed, your body does a lot of stuff. It's it's not just going to sleep with you, so it needs resources. So magnesium is a very bioavailable resource, especially if you take a good form of it. So if someone can't sleep because they're mineral depleted, they can take magnesium at night. And it will correct that problem, even though it's pushing their physiology to a more daytime state. So that's where the confusion comes in and why people think, oh, I should have magnesium at night. But even if you're mineral depleted, you could take that magnesium during the day and get some more resources in there, and it would help you sleep at night. So that's the one mistake that people make with magnesium is taking it at the wrong time of the day. All right. Dennis. Hurt before, it's the magnesium. But after a hard workout, especially if you had a few weeks off, it hurts too. Same feeling and all. Is it the same thing or are muscles just not used to being used like that? Amber from Clara, Michigan. After Highland competitions and leg day, my legs spaz out like a two-year-old giving free rein in the sugar bag. How do I stop that? 
Valerie from Portland, Oregon. My PT, physical therapist, told me that working out helps me, uh, helps, and for me it has. When I'm not active for a few days, it's agony at night, like I'm forced to tap dance in bed nonstop. But hard cardio and things like squats and lunges help. Also, tensing the muscles or flexing them or stretching helps. I like tap dancing in bed. Yeah, mm. nothing wrong with that. Um, so, there's a lot of different things to look at here. You know, Will talked about earlier about how walking helped improve his symptoms. But with other people, exercise can tend to exacerbate those systems. And if you think about it, if, if, they, if the underlying cause for someone is that they have low resources so the body's pulling resources out of the tissue, then working out is going to use even more of and those Amber's resources. And Amber's very anabolic, like we she said that before. So after she right. works out, then she's totally depleted. Right, and, and her body may already be pulling um, tissues out of those. And that's one possible cause for working out. But, you know, Will, why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, acid and alkaline pain uh, mm-hmm. at the tissue level because that can also cause anxiety at the tissue level and one thing to think about is when we exercise we produce more lactic acid yeah and that was like a a little tangent in my like sort of journey to fix myself was at first i went on this alkaline diet because this one naturopath said to alkalize right and it in that i stopped taking all like the caffeine supplements and things like that so my nervous system calmed down so the pain like diminished initially, mostly because I wasn't drinking all those crazy stimulants and waking Pushing yourself too sympathetic. Yeah. So that changed, but then, so the pain went down, but then the, like the clenching and cramping got way worse. So like, I could put my arm back on a table or whatever and my fingers would just clench and lock up like a, like you're in rigor mortis. Is that when it, you thought you were a robot? Yeah. Well, that's, I don't know, but if like, have you ever heard of, uh, well, what's that word? It's not tetany. Uh, cyborg? No. There's this word Robo-com. for, um, when people do hypertrophic breath work and they, they expel out too much of their CO2. Gas out? No. Oh. Their hands, their hands and everything will start to kind of like tingle and I have heard of that, cramp. but I have no idea what that's yeah. called. Anyway, um, you're, what, you're imbalancing your blood Gas CO2 hands. to O2 <laughs> levels. And when you're too alkaline, what happens is your blood cells pick up oxygen really well when they go through the lungs. But they never let go of the oxygen until they run into carbon dioxide, CO2 in the bloodstream, which is that, that's what pulls the oxygen out of the blood and into the tissues. And that's a problem because a doctor will look at your oxygen level and say it's great. Yeah. But the problem is that the oxygen can't get down to the tissue levels where it needs to be. Right. And without oxygen, it's like a, it's like an engine without air. Like it can't. It's like an engine without air, and it can't uh, it can't oxidize the fuel. It can't turn the fuel into energy. So that's what was happening. The more and more alkaline your bloodstream gets, the more and more your tissues are suffocating. And, and, and there's different things can cause uh, tissue levels to be too acid or too alkaline, and and in either case, uh, you know, nerve endings can fry in that acidity or in that alkalinity. And maybe before they're really frying and having real pain, it can be just discomfort for those tissues and they may want to try to basically escape that. But there are other things, other imbalances, even at the cellular level, like the anabolic and catabolic imbalance that we talked about earlier, 
um, is that you can learn about more in our, our free four-week course. But if the cells are too open and too much potassium is leaving the cells, that can change the pH of that tissue level. And same with if those cells are too closed up. So a lot of times it's just a an imbalance at the pH level at, at those tissues. But that doesn't mean that you need to alkalize, like Will was saying. That's a really a popular thing now. And uh, it's popular because it, you know, half of the population can benefit from changing the pH to a more alkaline pH at the tissue level. But the other half is going to make themselves worse. So you really have to understand your physiology to know what steps are going to work for you. Yeah, and even if your your tissue, like you can be acid or alkaline in all sorts of different levels. Different uh, compartments yeah, of the body. Uh, right. Different compartments of the cell even. And even if you are too acidic at the tissue level or in the blood level, it's still not the right approach to just take alkalizing supplements. Right. That's not how pH is properly regulated. Or drinking alkalizing water yeah. that it's turns off your digestion even more. Exactly. Like it's regulated by the health of the membranes, which has everything to do with the catabolic-anabolic balance in the body. So just drinking alkaline water turns your stomach acid off and neutralize your stomach acid so you mess up digestion and you want to look more at am i too catabolic or too anabolic am i a fast or slow oxidizer am i in a sympathetic or a parasympathetic state because all of those things are affecting your ph levels which are kind of down at the bottom of the hierarchy right so and in these imbalances that we're talking about tissues being too far one direction you know lactic acid can be a big player in that because if someone's too anabolic, where their cells are too closed up, they uh, create lactic acid through fermentation almost all the time if they're really stuck in that state. So then that lactic acid can accumulate in the body um, and can accumulate at the tissue level. So then when you work out and make even more lactic acid, you kind of push yourself over the edge and cause an, a symptom. Mm-hmm. All right. Adam from Parrish, Florida used to get restless leg syndrome and also erratic heartbeats, but then I cut carbs and found that both symptoms went, went away, along with my blood pressure dropping and energy levels. Am I wrong to assume that sugar and carbs are a lot of the cause for nervous system disorders? Oh, I think so, maybe. I have no idea. <laughs> Phil, I get this late, I get this late in the evening when I'm in bed, really annoying. It's bed. Really annoying, drives me insane. I read somewhere it can be due to lack of sleep or too much sugar or salt consumption. So let's agree with Parrish, or Adam from Parrish. I had a feeling you're going to agree with anything that's bad about sugar. Right, but but we know, we know we talked earlier about how sugar and carbs can pull, you know, calcium out of the tissues. And if that's, if it's a lack of calcium um, causing the problem for you, then if you stop doing that, it's going to improve, just like it did for Adam. Um, and uh, with Phil, don't view it as salt. Now, table salt is just like, you know, chloride. That's really all it is, and it's all kinds of bleach, whatever. But sea salt is completely different. Um, a lot of times if you're just using chloride uh, and you don't have all the cofactors that go along with that, your body can't use it, and it, it can accumulate and cause problems and thicken your blood and uh, and cause issues that's why people are afraid of salt but you don't need to be afraid of sea salt and sea salt could probably help most people listening to this show because it's a broad spectrum of minerals that the body needs and if you can add sea salt then your body's going to get those minerals and you're going to have more that the body can put down at the tissue level and and take care of these tissues so they're not having the anxiety 
Lito, drink lots of coconut water loaded with potassium and sugar. <laughs> so, so you know, coconut water has a lot of minerals in it and beneficial things, but it's also a liquid sugar that can spike insulin levels and can also pull calcium out of the tissues even faster than, you know, a candy bar would. So you have to be careful with what you're doing with any form of liquid sugar. Uh, do you have anything about that, Will? I was just, I mean, it's you're going to hate this suggestion, but... Like, you, you should go through the free course on correcting digestive issues on kickingthenuts.com to figure out what your imbalances are. But you can kind of, like, tell if, um, if your issue is related to, like, stress and the sympathetic nervous system thing, if you do something that's intentionally, like, a vasodilator. Like, if you had a shot of vodka or whatever like that and you felt better, you uh-huh. can see, like, oh, that's, you know, it's partly related to... Yeah, you didn't have a vodka deficiency. You know, <laughs> but know. it just pushed you in the right way. But, um, I mean, for, <laughs> for me, it wasn't a matter of, like, more carbs or less carbs or more potassium or less. It was a, that whole other issue. So, like you said at the very beginning, there's lots of different things that can be causing it, and then there's lots of different solutions and partial solutions to push it around. Yeah, it's easy so. for what we're saying to confuse somebody if they're like, what do I do? What do I do? So the answer is... We don't know what you do. Yeah, you have oh. to. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, bye. Yep, and there goes else. <laughs> yeah. But if you look at your physiology, all of a sudden you can know what you need to do. Yeah. So that's what the answer is. It's not <sighs> as. It's not what's the remedy. It's what's the solution for you. Yeah. And you can always pretty much guess it's going to be digestion and sugar mm-hmm. at the end of the day. <laughs> Not I'll always. Just go, oh, not always? Okay. Okay, I'm going to try to find something that's not about Will that. Will drank Sambuca. Yeah. He did great. Yeah. yeah. See? Well, that's true. Yeah. Well, I guess. But if he had done that for a long period of time with the sugar, yeah, he Yeah, it would have caused a new problem. Yeah. 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 I mean, because even if you're skinny and you're having lots of sugar, you still can become a diabetic. Yeah. Sure. It doesn't and, mean anything. Right. And then you got neuropathy, which is also <laughs> okay. But that's why, like, another really important thing about learning about these ideal ranges of where your self-test scores should be at, because then you can identify when you find, like, something that works for you, like, say, like, for me, Sambuca, okay, do I just drink that now? And yeah, like, that's, this, not, that's not still your solution. Yeah, yeah. right. It's, but it's a partial solution because it pushed one parameter in the right way, you know? And you want to look at the whole picture so you find, like, a real lasting... So what's good about Sambuca that, you know, you might find somewhere else without the sugar? Yeah, like, how do I not be stuck in the sympathetic nervous system is the is the thing I needed to look at. Right, and that's another, like, with magnesium, the perfect example of somebody could start taking magnesium um, because they have low resources and all of a sudden they can sleep. So they're like, wow, magnesium is amazing. I'm going to take even more magnesium. So they start piling it in. And it pushes them more catabolic, so catabolic, where they're awake at the cellular level all the time. Now they can't sleep because they're so awake at the cellular level, and they have insomnia again. But to them, they view it as, oh, my insomnia came back. Yeah. So I must need even more magnesium. <laughs> you know? And they're, they're driving themselves into the grave. Yeah. Uh, so it's important to, to not only uh, find what works for your physiology, but to watch your physiology as it changes so you know when to slow down what you're using. All right. Stacy from Richmond, California. Had it for years. It sucks. Hot, hot bath helps, but who wants to be in a bath all night? Ugh. I don't know. I like baths. Yeah, I'm nothing wrong with some bubbles. Yeah. That's fun. 
Oh, nothing about that. Okay. Uh, well, uh, just, no. I mean, baths are bad for you. No, I mean, it's just too long. You know, it just helps relax your, open your bloodstream and increase. Think blood about flow. this too is that, uh, look at a Charlie horse because a Charlie horse is an, a more extreme version of one of the causes of RLS, which is calcium, not enough calcium at the tissue level. But, um, that doesn't mean you need to take fatty acids or some type of amino acid to push calcium into those tissues again you can push calcium back in there through massage through stretching where those fibers become more open and calcium can get in there more freely uh you know flexing a muscle you know doing exercise there's a lot of things that can change the structure of that tissue level and heat from a bath is is one of those that could do that not only to um the tissue but also to the vascular system you know so there's you look at the variety of things that could push things back to the tissue level, it's a lot. And that's why these people are finding them as a, quote, remedy. Mm-hmm. John, while adding vitamins for lack thereof, try putting a bar of soap under your sheets down by your feet. Even if it's only a psychological help, it's worth a try. And your feet will smell pretty. I think that's a problem. So mm-hmm. if you stink so bad, your body's trying to run away <laughs> from you. Like yeah. that guy at the oh, gym. Trying that, to leave your feet. that guy at the gym, we're always trying to move to the yeah. other side of the gym mm-hmm. from him. Mm-hmm. So this is what your legs are doing. So I hope just he doesn't take a listen shower. to these. <laughs> I think it's awesome <laughs> if he listens to these. <laughs> Maybe he'll get the hint. But uh this is a kind of a funny thing because I, I looked into this and uh nobody knows why. They say that ivory soap works the best, but they actually say put ivory soap under the bottom That's sheet. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but they put it, put, put, they put it under the bottom sheet where your legs are and it helps give some relief to like a lot of people. A lot of people say it doesn't work, which I'm imagining the underlying cause is different for those people, but I have no idea. Have you ever heard of this? No, Will? no. Yeah, a lot of people say that it might work just because it's hokey enough. You know, who knows? So let us know if that works for you. But I, if it does, I have no idea why. Man, All right. If it, did work, I'd be a little upset. But, right. You know, like, yeah. maybe there's some weird ionic thing that's happening with soap. Or it's just your brain believes in it Placebo so is really powerful. No, but you know, one thing is that uh, the the scent that comes off of that is very strong. Yeah. And um, I, I believe that, you know, scents do go into the body some way because a lot of people are very offended by chemical smells and it makes them feel lousy and there's got to be a reason for all that, so it may have something to do with something going on. That's true. Okie dokie. Anna! That's that's not what we're saying today. uh, Anna from Chino, California. You should write a book about that, and that could be the whole thing. Put soap in the bed. Tony's speculations on soap for RLS. (laughs) Kick all your ailments in the nuts with a bar of soap. Uh Uh, Anna from Chino, California. I get this now and again. It really irritates me. When it's occurring, I try tensing the muscles of my legs and holding it till I can't actually hold the flex muscle very well anymore. I then stretch my legs as far as I can. This tends to make them feel fatigued, which I'll take over restless any day. And I think that's the view is people view restless leg syndrome as it's there's so much energy in there and it's just trying to expend the energy. And I don't view it that way at all. Um, so that's, you know, the flexing that you're doing could just be changing the structure and moving more minerals into those tissues for one reason or another. So all this stuff that we're talking about, could this stuff help somebody maybe say with perhaps like Parkinson's who has like a tick or something that shakes a lot all the time? 
Well, a, tr- uh, a tremor or, tremor. A, you know, a twitch is one thing, and that's usually pretty simple to improve. Um, like even magnesium will help that a lot, but that's a lot different than something like Parkinson's. There's a lot more complexity yeah. to all that, so let's not get into all that here. Yeah. And the flexing, though, it makes a lot of sense why that helps. I used to have to do that also, and it's just because it would drive more blood to the area actively. Sure. So more ATP gets produced, and... And it can feel a little better for a while. It's also why I think some people feel better when they do work out, those, especially those muscles specifically, because it just drives more blood to those areas and causes vasodilation. April from Warren, Michigan. My chihuahua and I are in a competition on who has it worse. I win. He sleeps at the far end of the bed now. Huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good, April. Uh, Jeannie, I have had restless leg syndrome, it seems, all my life. Not every night, but every time I take a Tylenol. Is that what she's tried to spell? Yeah. yeah. It's worse. I hate it. You hate the Tylenol? Or, Tylenol. You know, and look at, uh, you know, a lot of medications will push an imbalance further in one direction. I'm not sure which direction Tylenol moves. I know that, like... Uh, Aspirin will move somebody more anabolic and ibuprofen will move somebody more catabolic. So uh, there may be an issue if you look at uh, did all the self-tests in our free course, you might be able to see an imbalance that's really strong in one direction and know that you need to improve that. Hi, David. Interesting in hearing more. I take Requip for it. Heather from Williamstown, New Jersey. I take Klonopin for it. When I did my sleep study, they said I had... Over 70 moves a minute. I really dislike RLS. Marty, I take Neurotin for this. It works for me. So a lot of the drugs, what's interesting about a lot of the drugs is that, like especially like Neurotin or something, is that they're um, like an anti-convulsant, but a lot of them are seizure medications. I think somebody in here today is going to talk about Klonopin, and that's like used a lot for seizures and also for uh, anxiety and we in our anxiety episode we talked about how some forms of anxiety are from a low source of minerals in the body and the body kind of freaking out about low resources so it, it kind of backs up what we're saying here by that the meds they're using are also meds that they use for other issues that are caused by low resources and it's working for the RLS as well. And that's why we see so many clients that once they improve digestion and take steps to get more minerals in, they just don't have the RLS anymore. Yeah, I took a med when I first went to a doctor about it and did nothing. I wasn't low blood pressure, though. I, right. Know, so it, it wasn't... It makes sense that it did nothing yeah. for you. Yeah. Oh, in case you're uh, wondering, I remember that term is called tetany, when you have like that uncontrollable right, clenching right, right. and cramping. And um, that thing we talked about before about oxygen leaving the blood cells going into the tissues is really simple physiology called the Bohr effect. So you can look that up if you're interested. Right. And that's where the, the, the oxygen just kind of gets stuck in the blood. Yeah. All right. Betty from Ivanhoe, Texas. Try rested leg pills. I took one three days ago. They work. Yeah. And a lot of these things, the, a lot of these products are out there. If you look at them, and you look at what's in them, it's just magnesium and calcium and potassium, and it's all these minerals that are giving your body what it needs. So if you can bring that in through your food by either eating better sources of nutrient-rich food, uh, less fake junk, or improving your digestion so you can pull more minerals out of your food, then you don't need to take that supplement. 
Baron, myself and my sister have RLS. We never considered it an issue and think medicine to combat it is just silly. Yes, we both run and walk in our sleep in our beds. Always have. No big deal. It may be for you. Yeah, it may not be for for you, but for some people it can be debilitating. And if you can't Mm. sleep and your body can't sleep, you can't repair very well and you can turn into a mess. Yeah, I mean, it can be very painful and really irritating, like so distracting you can't really be present in conversation so i'm glad like it's not that painful for this guy but it can be awful right amber not to be dirty or anything but ladies orgasms really help just saying also the restless leg pills that dissolve under your tongue help some huh have to try this out let's just agree that that this is true yeah we're pretty much always yeah let's just always agree you know and i also i have had experience with Let's say clients that <laughs> maybe that they had severe cramps that sex would help alleviate those cramps. So just the endorphins and everything that goes on during sex, I guess if you do it right or whatever. Um, Tony wouldn't know about that. I wouldn't that, know about yeah. that. It's dirty. It's dirty people. But, uh, you know, could be helping the body find resources and putting them in the right place. So I, I'm not going to disagree with this. Well, and it definitely hit your nervous system, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back in the day, they used to think that hysteria, that, that that's what they thought was the, the cure for hysteria in women. They would orgasm. go in, they would use a vibrator on them. Uh-huh, right. They'd give them an orgasm, and then the women were okay for a little bit. So uh-huh. they thought that's what cured hysteria. <laughs> right. So now every time I'm screaming, I, I, think we should <laughs> I was like, come on. Let's right. <laughs> give this woman a vibrator. Yeah. <laughs> Stat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, Kevin from Dayton, Ohio. I have it so bad I ripped up sheets in bed. See, wow! See, Maybe Baron, you cut your yeah. toenails. You stronger sheets. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's not yeah. that's not ten thousand <laughs> count. That was threadbare. <laughs> <laughs> but it does show the severity of that. This really can't suck for some people. Mm-hmm. Steph drives me crazy when trying to relax at night with a glass of wine to watch DVDs. And hey, me fecking legs say no way they want to dance. Fecking, yeah. <laughs> I guess drives fecking cra- is okay to yeah, say. Yeah, it's right? okay. We don't it's have to believe that out. Mm-hmm. Drives me crazy sometimes. I even get the feeling in my arms. Horrible. I've tried the magnetic insoles. No luck. Raising the legs can help at times. So did anybody pick up on what she's trying to do to relax with? Wine. Wine. Which is sugar, liquid sugar. Right. Hello. Which calcium follows the sugar. Good. By George, I've got it. You do got it. Yeah. So it just shows like the thing that's fixed me, like triggered her, you know. Right, so alcohol helped Will. Yeah, still does. Right, (laughs) but it's kind of screwing this uh, step over a little bit. So not only do you probably need to lose the wine for now, um, but you need to take steps where you can get more nutrients and minerals down to your tissues. And then if you can do that... Then you can drink more wine. Then drinking wine may not be this step that yanks everything out of your tissues and makes it all worse. You may It may just pull some. Katie from Clyde, Ohio. I use a good B complex daily. Seems to help. And there's a couple more here with B. What's the next person say? Uh, Courtney from Canton, Texas. I have this same problem, but I take a B12 and it actually helps. Of course, it takes a few minutes for it to work. And I have heard of other people using B12. And um, it, there's with B12, it's also very uh, pro-catabolic. So if someone's having symptoms from being too anabolic... It could help push calcium back down to the right place. But B-complexes, 
seem to do a lot for people that have very low resources. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to the, the body can use those for a lot of uh, functions and maybe not need to steal as many resources from other places. Yeah. Do you have yeah. That was actually one of the primary supplements that was recommended to me when I first went through our, our course. And, and I still had those symptoms before I learned any of this stuff. And they recommended this one particular cofactor of B1, actually, that was in a formula that we sometimes use called mito-NRG. Right. And that was all about, like, getting it so that my mitochondria um, had the right pH. It was an acidifying B complex and had the right pH to be able to make ATP. And it really worked. It really helped. Right. Robert from Oakboro, Nuke. Uh, North Carolina. Uh, I just can't stop kicking. Tried tying my legs together. Helped a little. But what takes the cake is my restless arms. If you ever start to fall asleep and your arms start to go on a 40-mile sprint to the finish, except it never comes. Trying a teaspoon of yellow mustard. What's in yellow mustard? I have no idea why yellow mustard would do that. But Didn't the someone idea... else say something about yellow mustard in here? Or no, maybe that was the only one because I mm. thought somebody else did. But I was wrong. Yeah. But I know that if you're tying things together, that's yeah. where you have severe symptoms. Yeah. But didn't you used to have restless arm kind of stuff too? Yeah, Can and I? they would hit you all the time. Right, yeah. That's the, that's the, that, was the, that was the alibi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, my mom tried tying my knees together when I was a kid to keep my legs shut. Uh-huh. Didn't work. That didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different She just thing. found new provocative yeah. poses. Yeah. <laughs> but I had it in my thumbs too. Like I said, like by day three, it was my hands were twitching and my arm, my forearms would tingle. And it's just the same thing happening in your extremities of not enough ATP, not enough oxygen getting to the tissues at your extremities. I think Will just wants to show off his muscles when he does that. Look, uh, I'm twitching. Ah, look, I'm flexing. My thumbs. My uh, thumbs. Yeah, my thumbs are so muscular. Uh, Carrie, strangely, I restarted taking my melatonin when I was about fed up with the RLL- RLS. It worked. Would love to hear more suggestions, though. Not just my legs. It's my whole body. That sounds like a seizure. Yeah, yeah, that's your whole body. Um, I would suggest not taking melatonin. Um, and, and this is a thing that a lot of people do with all kinds of sleep issues because melatonin is involved in helping the body get to the sleep state. Um, but what happens is melatonin is one of those things that you start taking it as a supplement and now your body has like this double load of melatonin and all of a sudden you can sleep and then your body stops making it because you're giving it the supply that it needs. Um, and now you have to keep taking it. Um, so there are other solutions that work much better than melatonin. And there's also some evidence, I don't know how accurate this is, but there's some evidence that uh, melatonin supplementation can cause uh, eye de- de- degeneration. So that's enough for me to say, okay, I'm not going to use melatonin, just because that freaks me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so many clients that were using melatonin um, just to sleep and for RLS were able to have better results doing these other steps than that. Sarah from Princeton, Illinois. I have this and it is so annoying. I can't sleep unless I take my Requip medication. I never knew what was wrong until I had a sleep study done. I was falling asleep at work and didn't know why. They said I only actually slept 3% of the night in a deep sleep where your brain needs to be in order for you to sleep and rest. This can affect you more than you think. Yeah, yeah, I, I would think it would affect you a lot. Yeah, so you kind of ruins everything when you're not sleeping. But think about this, that uh, it doesn't mean that RLS is keeping you awake. 
Um, RLS can often be caused by the low minerals like we're talking about, which can also cause insomnia. Um, but an overly catabolic state can also cause it, especially if your body is not fully resting. So, um, he just had RLS in his, his upper body. Will almost flew back in his <laughs> chair. <laughs> uh, so it's more important, instead of just looking at the symptom of I'm sleeping or I'm not, um, it's important to look at your physiology and see what could be causing that lack of deep sleep. Um, Mine's my bank account. Yeah. yeah. And stress can can be a contributing factor. But I think that you're going to find that you're either very catabolic um, and your body's very awake at the cellular level all the time or your mineral levels are very low and your body's kind of freaking out about low resources. Um, and if you can improve one of those issues... Uh, then you're gonna sleep much better. So I think we got them yeah, all. Yeah, right? yeah, we so, bar- we just pushed through this. That was a lot. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what we learned a little bit. Will um, Kenna hates it when we talk bad about sugar. Uh-huh. Right, still happening. There's a lot of different potential causes of restless leg syndrome, and they can be opposite. So there's never gonna be one med that works or one natural cure that works either. You should learn to look at your own body chemistry by going through the free course on correcting digestive issues at kickinthenuts.com so you can see which areas you're imbalanced and then take the steps we talk about to fix those and you'll be all good. Right, yeah. So just remember to view it as if you're having these issues that something in your body is not happy about what's going on. So you need to figure out what that is and then you can take steps to improve that. Um, so don't view it as it's just a symptom and I'm stuck with this. My mom had this. It's genetic. You know, all of that is crap and it can be a contributing factor, but that doesn't mean that you can't improve the situation. So, um, if, if some of the other, uh, episodes might help, like the one on vitamin D that we did, the one on stress, insomnia, um, insomnia, depression, all those things talk about underlying causes that are, that are, shared with this symptom uh for a lot of people so one of those might help and if you if you heard something that helps um do us a favor and go to itunes and leave us a review because that helps more people uh find these solutions too but no more hate mail for me thank you yeah you got you got your i've got my quota of hate mail all (laughs) filled up all right so if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry you can read any of tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com you can also go over to will's site which is mybodyandknowledge.net and uh, he's got some fancy stuff on there and you can also look at pictures of him and things like that right and sign up for will's newsletter he's got some good stuff in there all right till all right. next time well bye then bye